Today's reading is Exodus 3, 1 through 15. It can be found on your screen. This is God's word. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness, came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that through the bush, though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to Moses from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose that I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. That is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. We, we cry out in our own day and age, Lord. <clears throat> we cry out about injustice and all kinds of trouble in this world. Um, we come with pain and suffering we come with trouble and we come confused and asking questions. We come often struggling to hold on to belief. We come often with more doubt than faith. And as we listen for your voice now, my prayer is that for all of us, that we would be shown your grace through this passage and through your Holy Spirit that in this time we would um, be willing to see that we all share the same condition, that we're more of a mess than we care to admit. And we, we put on a good face and maybe a good background for our computer to show, but uh, our world, our life is more of a mess than we care to admit. And we keep opening these pages each week of the Bible and we learn about a God who has tenacious grace 
and who meets us in the mess and in the brokenness, in the failed attempts at the beauty we were created for. And you see that beauty and you forgive that brokenness and you enter in through Jesus. And we ask that you do that now, that through this ancient text in Exodus, that we would hear your voice and you would speak to each of us in the individual ways we need to hear it. And also as a church in a way that draws us around our one Lord and savior, Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. Um, there is a, a handout, a PDF of a picture, and maybe there's kids on this call. I don't see a ton of them or anything, but just want to throw it out there that there, if there is someone who's been coloring that picture of Moses in the burning bush, you can show that at any point in this time as we talk about it. It might help my message get across for some of the more visual people. So if you've been coloring that, please show it off. This is, this, this is an iconic story. This is, one way to look at it is, this is Moses' onboarding process. And God saying, hey, hey Moses, uh, can I talk to you a second? Just a quick couple of things, real quick. Um, so there's gonna be what's, what's basically a new religion for you. Um, I am gonna tell you the name of the God, that's me, give you the new name. Um, also, I got a new rescue plan, brand new plan. It's going to happen soon. So I want to bring you up to speed on that plan. Um, oh, and one last thing before you leave, uh, just to let you know that I've decided you will be the leader of both that religion and the rescue plan, which involves you talking to one of the most powerful people in the world and asking him to give up his economic viability, his slave labor force. All right. Any questions? <laughs> This is just, you know, just a, just a couple of quick things, Moses. You know, it's almost a hilarious heap of new information that Moses gets to process. It's also just this iconic text that has these, these memorable things that are a part of it. The burning bush. Um, God giving his name. I am who I am. Yahweh. Um, take off your sandals for you're standing on holy ground. And then I've heard the cry of my people. I'm gonna, um, I've come down to rescue them from their oppressors, bring them up out of Egypt and take them to a land flowing with milk and honey. These are iconic, iconic things, all just in this tight little section of 15 verses. And so let's listen for what the Holy Spirit has to say to us today. And I'm, I think that as we consider this story of God's revealing of his name, we see three things about this God. Let's look at how this shows us a God of mystery, a God of dialogue, and a God of a bigger story. So first, a God of mystery. We tend to act like something strange is happening when we don't fully understand God. And yet we shouldn't be surprised because what we, have, what we have done when we say we are looking to God, we are exploring faith, or we are calling this God our God, is we are grabbing hold of a relationship with one who, who is an ultimate being, and we are finite. So we shouldn't be surprised. This comes out in the, in the story as God does not follow the protocol in Hebrew narrative for a naming story. 
where normally you would grab something specific, a word or a phrase, something identifiable and specific and concrete. And this would help to narrow the definition of this person. It would help reduce the person's identity to something manageable, something we can hang on to. And God does exactly the opposite when asked to give his name. He broadens the picture. He, um, rather than give us something manageable, he gives us something unmanageable. Rather than um, reducing, he expands. Rather than limiting, he creates a limitless identity. Rather than specific, it's unspecific. Rather than defined, it's undefined. I am who I am. And so it's not surprising that academics and scholars who study these kinds of things say this verse where God articulates his name and his identity is one of the most puzzling portions of the entire Hebrew canon of writings. It's puzzling. I like that word. It's puzzling. Even to the academics who study this language, it's puzzling. What is it? What is it? Is it I am who I am? Is it I will be who I will be? What is... It's puzzling. And I would say that we should expect in our relationship with God to be puzzled a lot. We should expect that we find our explanations and even our theology to have its limits in helping us understand God. We should expect perhaps even to be angry a lot because God didn't invite us to the meeting where he explained the answers to some of our great questions of why. Why am I going through this? Why am I going through this pain? Why am I going through this suffering? Why is the one I love going through this? Why, God, why are you letting this oppression and this slavery in Egypt carry on for 400 years? Why not 300? Why not 200? Why not 40 years? And so I would, I would say we should focus our attention on this and see what this has to say to us. Perhaps it's saying to us that to be puzzled before God is to be like Moses, is to be on, on the threshold and at the doorway of spiritual growth. Rather than to view being puzzled as being like a problem and you're in a bad place, but to view it as being in, on the, in the doorway towards spiritual growth. So God, the God of mystery, but also the God of dialogue. Did you notice this in the passage? This is not a God who is acting as a puppet master, even though he seems to know what the plan is. This is not a God who is acting as a dictator, even though he seems to be in control. But this is a God who welcomes dialogue and questions and doubt. This is the God who invited Abram into a covenant ceremony of partnership. And God enters in and walks through in between the two halves of the bull as they make this vow in this solemn ceremony of union. This is the God of Jacob, Abram's grandson, who appears to Jacob and allows Jacob to wrestle with him throughout the whole night. And you might on your journey in relationship with this God find that you need a night of wrestling or a season of wrestling with this God. This is the God of the stories of the skeptical woman at the well, of the confused teacher, Nicodemus, coming with questions at night, and of the, the God who acquiesces 
to the doubts of who we have come to call Doubting Thomas. So we notice in Moses two things. We notice that he definitely reveres and worships this God. He covers his face as he is brought to the presence of God. Takes his sandals off, falls to his knees, it's implied. And yet, he asks questions. He's in dialogue and questioning. I want to suggest that God invites us into that kind of partnership, that those two things held in balance, not forgetting either one, that awe and that worship, or that dialogue and that questioning, not forgetting either one, but holding both in balance is a part of what this relationship is like with this God. And then when we read this story, I think it's important to also notice that we're looking at not just a God of mystery and a God of dialogue, but a God of a bigger story. Surprisingly to us, some wouldn't even like that I'm saying this, slavery is actually the small story here. That it fits within a bigger rescue plan that's only fully realized in Jesus, who gets called the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. And those words are important. The world, the sins of the world, not just one oppressed group, but all oppressed groups, and even, to our shock, the oppressors as well, takes away the sins of the world. This is a God of a bigger story. And the way that this passage and the way that God in talking to Moses makes this very clear in the bigger conversation that we only read part of, but it continues into the next verses, is over and over again, almost like a broken record, God says this phrase, I am the God of your fathers. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Over and over, four times repetitive in this. And this is because this is a God of a bigger story. Don't just start with right now. It's not just about this issue, this place. It's about going back to that conversation I had with Abraham. We see it in Genesis chapter 12, where God says, I'm going to make you into a great people. But he says, and all peoples will be blessed through you. This is the God of a bigger plan. And if you say, well, where did that come from? What did, where did that react to? Where did that start? And you go back even further and your eyes might land on a passage, uh, Genesis chapter six, verse five, where we see what God is seeing when he looks down. He doesn't just see the slavery or the oppression or the injustice. This is what he sees. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. God sees the problem of every human heart. That this is the world where the oppressed, once liberated, are prone to become the next oppressor. And when legislation and education have done their important work, the human heart still needs Jesus. And still needs that one who looked out and said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. It's so fascinating how to realize this connection. There you go. Wow, look at that picture. Does everyone see that? Thank you, Mabel. I think that's really what it looked like. 
So it's fascinating to notice that the God who was at that burning bush and giving his name saying, I am who I am. Jesus shows up and what does he do? But in the gospel of John, he goes through a series of I am statements. Fascinating. I am. I am the vine. You are the branches. I am the bread. I am the water. And if that's not clear enough about what Jesus was trying to apply, uh, imply, at one point he says, I and the Father are one. And after saying those kinds of things and associating himself absolutely dangerously with the God of the burning bush, this Jesus broke all expectations of what God would do and willingly suffered and died. And as he hung there, he offered forgiveness he offered hope and rescue and renewal and redemption to what? Just one small oppressed group? No, even to his oppressors. So the God of a bigger story, what a relief that you and I are forgiven and made new by this God who delights to look on us as his spotless children. And what a relief that God doesn't accomplish just small victories like dismantling racism, you know, just small stuff. But he has rebuilt shattered human hearts with the identity of being his daughters and his sons once again, together. Daughters and sons, the former oppressors and the former oppressed. So I offer these three marks of God's identity that come out of the story to you and as, as what God might percolate and his Holy Spirit might draw you out into your life today and this week. Um, let's take a minute to reflect on this using the um, shared screen here, the words that will come up on the screen to help focus our minute or so of reflecting on this message. Reflection questions. What is God's Holy Spirit drawing your attention to this morning? What's your following aspects of this question's question? Navigate life. God mystery, God Friends, I invite you to um, pray with me. Our heavenly God, we look to you and to your infinite wisdom to give us hope and to draw us into your deep love and the deep peace that flows from that love that we might be peace bringers to this world. In Jesus' name, amen.